You're listening to To The Spirit Podcast. Hi, friends, and welcome to The Spirit. I'm Beck. And I'm Steph. Hey, Steph. Hey, Becky. So today's show is about... Oddities. And oddities are an odd or remarkable, unusual person, thing, or event. Yeah, have you ever gone to the state fair and seen the mermaid baby? I haven't. <laughs> I don't think I've seen the mermaid baby. Yeah, I don't know how they, they fashioned her together. I'm pretty sure out of some, like, animal oh. skin and made, like, a shape. Or maybe she was paper mache with animal skin. Oh, could have been. She looked like a sea creature. Oh, really? It was weird looking, but they had all different stuff in there. I can't remember everything, but... I don't think I ever went into those freak show tents. Yeah, they cost money, which was always an aggravation to a parent, even if it's like a dollar. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> They're like, I don't have the money. Or you choose. You want to go on the merry-go-round or you want to go see the freaks? <laughs> I want to see the freaks, man. <laughs> have you uh, ever had any odd events in your life take place or met any odd people, seen any odd things? Yeah, well, one time, this was really a weird thing that happened. I was with our friend Amy and our friend Amy, she actually passed away. Back in 2006, was it? Seven. Seven, okay. You know, we spent a lot of time hanging out in the 90s, and she really liked going to this coffee shop up at the university. So we went together, and coffee shops are like kind of like couches all put together, and you have to sometimes share space with somebody that you've never met. Kind of like the cafe and friends. Yeah, okay. Central Perk, right? Kind of yeah. like that? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and, uh, but this uh, hippie-ish older gentleman was in there and he was very out there and he would not stop talking to me and Amy. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I've been living in the cemetery. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he was going on and on to the point where Amy left me. She left me. Well, yeah, I wouldn't have stuck around listening to that garbage. I know. And he was saying, he's like, Hey, I got a great idea. Oh my God. What is this? (laughs) He's like, why don't we go to the cemetery where I've been sleeping? Because I have a pizza in one of the, (laughs) in one of the mausoleums that I've been storing for myself and we'll throw koosh balls at each other (laughs) naked. (laughs) What? (laughs) And I was like, Oh my God. Are you for real? This is for real. This happened. (laughs) And then he's like, and it was close to my birthday and he asked me, like, when's your birthday? I'm like, January 3rd. And right when I said that, sparks came out of the ceiling. Okay. Because okay. that was the same. He goes, that's my birthday. It w- we had the same birthdays. There's and, this, and literal sparks. It w- there was like a either a heater or something up in the ceiling. Yeah. And sparks flew out of there. And you- he thought it was a sign that now we got to go throw koosh balls at each other. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like. This lasted for so I must have talked to him for like an hour. He gave me a copy of a book that he wrote. Yeah. And it was the biggest Wait bunch of nonsense I've ever seen. And it wasn't a published okay, book. It I was, was him ask. typing stuff out. Okay. So you got to read my book. To this day, I don't know what he was talking about. It was like if you were on like 12 hits of LSD right. and wrote it. <laughs> that is the most amazing story. Yeah. The fact that our birthdays matched, the ceiling, all of a sudden sparks just came out of this this thing in the ceiling when he was like that's my birthday and amy's just like rolling her eyes like get out of there well, amy used to when she'd go under street lights they'd go out oh i know i remember that yeah she'd go watch this <laughs> she, she'd walk along the street and the street lights would just go out i know 
Yeah, it didn't never do that to me. No, it didn't do it to me either. And she would just go underneath there and it was just zoop and yeah. it was gone. What like, the... I was mowing the lawn once. To me, this is an oddity. And I was on a riding lawnmower and I had two trees and tied to those two trees was a dog line runner. You know, those heavy duty dog line runners. Yeah. And somehow when I drove parallel to the dog line, my hoop earring it was a horseshoe earring somehow latched on that as I'm driving like, I don't know, six miles an hour or something. Mm -hmm. Tore my, it, it just tore my ear wide open. No. Blood everywhere. And then, you what, know. What, what did that feel like? It hurt. <laughs> um, <laughs> what are the chances that something yeah, like, like that can happen? Yeah, that's, the other weird thing was, it's an oddity to me, was driving across the country with my mom, coming back from Portland, Oregon, to New York State, maybe Iowa, I look up in the sky and I see writing happening in smoke, but this wasn't like one of those flyover planes that writes. Yeah. Have you ever seen those? Mm -hmm. I've never seen them in real life, but on television. Skywriters. Yeah, it wasn't a skywriter. It almost looked like a firework. Somehow this firework was in the middle of a day, in the middle of 2012, in the middle of a drought. Okay. Was doing smoke numbers and letters right above this cornfield. Which cut a cot on fire if it was a firework. So it, I have no idea what the hell it was. I took pictures of it. I had pictures of it. Did it say anything? Like, did you make out the, the Just letters? Just numbers and letters. Nothing that made sense. It was like coding. Maybe the farmer's son was getting into the airplane, got into like the, the crop duster. It was like, I'm going to have some fun today. But it wasn't a plane. It was small. It was like a, It was like if you lit off a bottle rocket. Did they have drones back then? In 2012, yeah. But I don't know why they would hook smoke to drones over the middle of nowhere in a field in the middle of nowhere with no one around in a drought and just smoke out little letters and stuff in the sky. Well, now we know it's the government then. <laughs> it's the Illuminati. It's the Illuminati. <laughs> Let's talk about some oddities that have been documented. Yes. The most popular, which a friend of mine used to be horrified by, it was her worst nightmare. And she would always say over and over, I hope this doesn't happen to me. Oh, really? Did it happen to her eventually? Uh, no. It okay, was spontaneous good. human combustion. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, I that was one of my... I, I don't know if we saw that on one of the shows back then, like Unsolved Mysteries. They might have featured it. Mm -hmm. But the first time I learned about that, I was always afraid that was going to happen to me. You had I it an irrational fear of Oh, yes. Like, I would think about it, and definitely I was like, I don't ever want this to happen. How do I stop this? It just seems like it's just going to happen. I think the most recent death link to SHC, or spontaneous human combustion, was that of Michael Faraday, 76 years old, who died in his home in Galway, Ireland in December of 2010. Oh, wow. So that's the last recorded case. Do you know the first one? Fewer than 150 cases of spontaneous human combustion have ever been reported over the last 2,000 years. So we're talking 2,000 years ago. Wow. When I was trying to research, it has been around for a while. Yeah, a while, 2,000 years. Now, I've seen on a video a long time ago, someone who claimed that it started happening to them. The wife was right next to her husband, and the husband was experiencing it. She goes, I saw the smoke coming off of him, and they panicked because mm -hmm. that's what they thought. They didn't know what was happening, but then later when they heard about spontaneous human combustion, they really believe that's what was happening. He was getting hot. And he said there was a smoke coming off of him, and he wasn't smoking a cigarette or anything. 
Right. It was he just felt internally really hot. But where was the smoke coming from? Do we know? Like outside of his body? It was, was coming off his body. Oh, off his body. Like I can't he was remember. Roasting. Yeah. Like okay. it stopped and he never died from it. So it was like a person I think that survived maybe something that had started that looked like it was going to end up that way, but it stopped. Has there been anything to prove this? The or only thing this? that they've done is they took a pig mm-hmm. and they lit the pig on fire in a certain I don't know how they lit the pig on fire. That's horrible. But it, it was already dead. And uh, it kind of smoldered? Kind of smoldered the same in the same way that there was some pieces of it left. Nothing else burned on fire. And the theory is is that the body fat becomes like wax in a candle and you are the wick in a way. Hmm. And that's the only thing they can attribute it to. Unfortunately, they used to blame these people as being alcoholics because they assumed that alcohol was making it easier for the like alcohol in their body was making it easier for the fire to burn but scientists say that no that wouldn't happen so imagine all these poor people that died their families get this label like he died because he was yeah he was was a drinker drinking a bottle of whiskey and caught on fire but they do think probably they're smokers or they got a fire going and a spark hits them but i just i feel like there's been cases where someone's sitting in a chair smoking and yet everything's burned but yeah, cigarette. that's the weird phenomena about it is yeah. that the person's all burned up except like the legs are left, like the lower part of the legs. And they're intact. They look like fresh legs. There's a little weird burn spot maybe on the floor, but nothing. I mean, you would think there's no bones left. All right. Right. The heat that it takes to burn bones is a lot of heat to just turn them into ash. Right. And why wouldn't the furniture be scored? Yes. And there's nothing else. In the house, they said they noticed like a weird oily soot on the walls. But you think if with that amount of heat contained in the house, that it's got to catch other things on fire. It just doesn't seem that that's possible that it, it wouldn't do that, especially with that high of heat to actually burn bones. So it's really strange. It's odd. And no one has given, I think, a sufficient answer for it. And I think they would need to do more testing maybe. But who would care about that anyways? If it was happening a lot, I think we would have more studies done. Well, I think they fluctuate the explanations from religious to scientific. Okay. Some believers of human combustion blame holistic forces uh, with an intent to punish. And usually, like you had said, alcoholics or people driven by gluttony. Others claim that it's the movement of vital humors on blood particles within the body. And that can spark an involuntary fire. And then there's another range of explanations like flammable phosphates within the body, gastrointestinal gases that interact poorly when released from an individual, the wick and candle effect you spoke about, mm-hmm. human fat, which seeps into the individual's clothing or on the bed sheets, hmm. and it allows to act as a human wick. Non-believers point to obviously a homicide, like an assailant is setting fire to the person. And that could be, too. There could be cases where... It could be. But it doesn't make any sense that nothing else is burned. That's just the weird part to me. Have you ever heard any theories that maybe it could be something alien? <laughs> Laser beams. I mean, does it, wouldn't that make sense, though? I don't know. I mean, think of this. Do you ever watch any videos about Chinese practitioners of, like, chi or ki or whatever they call it? Chi. There's this one guy I saw. I think it's some English people that did it, wanted to do a documentary with him. He could start fires in his hands. Like he could create so much heat with his hands, he could light stuff on fire. And now maybe someone like James Randi would look at that and be like, that's a trick. But 
they tested him on different things and they really believed he could do that. And that chi, you know, you can create energy and actually experience heat in your body. Right. Now he could focus it into the hands. Well, what if this person I'm thinking had a moment like that and it got out of control? I don't know. I mean, not that they're practicing, but <laughs> maybe something in their body is unbalanced or something's happening that it triggered the chi response. I don't know. It's my own weird little theory. Sorry. Well, the earth is a mysterious place. It is, yeah. And humans are kind of mysterious at times. So I, I have so. no idea. It is fascinating. I don't think I have an irrational fear of it. Do you still have an irrational fear of it? No. I think because I was a child, it seemed like mindset at the time. Just another thing to be scared of. But I am afraid of house fires, though. I am a weird like stove checker. I yeah. like check the stove at least three or four times at night. It's like, okay, off, 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 off. This is unplugged. Doors locked, then I bless the wall and I yeah. go to sleep. I'm like, please, God. Fires, it's so destructive. It's so. Well, I know where I live. I'd have to carry my mom. <laughs> I don't Like know. a fireman, you'd have to throw her over yeah. your shoulder. And... I know my mom's disabled and I help her stay with her. And I'm like, Mom, if there's a fire here, you're screwed. I'm going to have to literally throw you on my back and Buggy out. fall down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could do it. You'd be pumped up with a lot Adrenaline. of. Uh, yeah. Have you ever heard of the Dancing Plague? No. It's also known as St. Vitus Dance. Coromania was a truly bizarre medieval phenomenon from Central Europe. It involved spontaneous and continuous dancing by crowds of people until they collapsed through exhaustion or worse, died. That's really weird. It reminds me of those uh, stories we've heard recently about girls that can't stop coughing or twitching or sneezing. You know, like there's weird things that would happen in a school. Like I'd be like, oh, that was catchy. Yeah. Yeah. And they would all be doing it and like, I can't stop, you know, or laughing or it's been in the news several times, things like that. But I've never heard of the Coromania no. until recently. And then that was regularly reported by eyewitnesses and was a genuine concern for authorities. It was contagious. In June... Of 1374, one of the most widest outbreaks began in Germany before spreading to other places such as Cologne, Flanders, and later Italy. Hmm. There are still outbreaks more than a century later. Strasbourg, in July 1518, a woman named Frau Trophia began dancing in the street. And within four days, 33 others had joined her. And within a month, that's how long they went, there was 400 Many of them suffered heart attacks and died. That's crazy. And no autopsies were carried out. And because medical science of the day could hardly be described as advanced, the only guesses could be made as to the causes. Perhaps it was some kind of skin infection or muscular inflammation leading to spasms. And at the time, people believed that the dancing was a curse brought on by St. Vitus, who, I don't know if I'm saying right, Vitus, V-I-T-U-S, Vitus. Vitus, I don't know. Who was, according to Christian legend, a Christian saint from Sicily. So they responded by praying and making pilgrimages to places dedicated to Vitus. They twitch all the way there and dance all the way there. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was some victims that recovered. Okay. And they perceived that connection between the illness and the saint. It's weird. I mean, um, I've heard of dance contests where they yeah. they have you dance all night and dance all day and whoever can last the longest wins. Yeah. You know, it makes you wonder if it's more like uh, mental, like someone thinks it's catchy and then they start reacting the same way because they're out of their fear. Like maybe fear is bringing, I don't know. Maybe it is some sort of weird plague. 
or it's fungus like Children of the Corn. Did you see Children of the Corn Part 2? No. <laughs> it ended up being a, a fungus that spread, and that's how oh. the corn made fungus, and that was blowing through the air. <laughs> that was the cause of the whole thing. <laughs> Let's move on. So a few years ago in Siberia, they were reporting ginormous holes in the ground. I don't know how they find them. I think a plane flew over it. Probably. It was probably doing some sort of surveying. And these are really, really big. Big holes. Something that you don't want to... We're talking Grand Canyon type thing? No, not Grand Canyon, but like... Just big craters. They're not putting the size of them, but they're big. Like this one. Look at that. Okay, that's pretty damn big. And they're deep. Well, how would you describe that? I would say it's like a deep tunnel. Yeah, and it looks about 40 feet wide? Yeah, they... Maybe even one, bigger? Yeah, one image we're looking at now, they look very large. Like, you can see the person. He looks very small. Like, if he fell in. Oh, you'd be, you'd die. I think they're very deep. They don't have the, the depth listed on here or the circumference of the circle of the hole. But they didn't know where they were coming from. When yeah, they weird. First it's like them. a sinkhole type of deal, right? Yeah. And this is what the scientists believe. They can't really prove it. But basically, um, they said as the average temperature in the region rises, a permafrost layer ceases to be as robust as before. And in certain places, it gives in to the pressure from within the earth. The surface of the earth deforms as a hill is formed under pressure from below. And then a suddenly provoked blast releases great energy that destroys the layer. It's just so weird that it would just somehow blast out. Well, they think it's like also methane, too. So it's basically giant earth farts. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of like aliens and weather balloons or seeing UFOs and weather balloons or the hum. You've heard of the hum. Yes, that one scares me. And that one to me is just unreal. You cannot say that that's seismic activity. There's no way. It's heard in weird, random places. Wouldn't like our microphone just before. <laughs> yeah, we had the hum. <laughs> I don't think that everything can be explained by science and yet we're just so quick to say oh yeah that's scientifically explained so it's just it is what it is there yeah and there's quite a few of them it's not like it's just one and i know siberia i mean that's just an ice hell it's pretty cold there yeah i don't know what their summers are like but i know their winters are very severe so that's one place that i find it's very strange they have a bunch of these and siberia is strange anyway i wouldn't want to go there no never did you hear about the maniac squirrels that are terrorizing Queens neighborhoods? <laughs> the Queen, Queen, oh, in Queens, New York? Yeah, in Queens, oh, no, New York. I didn't hear that. The squirrels have been attacking residents at Rego Park for weeks now. The last assault finally drew blood. Wow. Anytime there's a story about small furry animals going after a person, the answer is usually rabies, right? Mm -hmm. But what else could make a creature take on someone so much bigger who has opposable thumbs? I think they gave them too many, uh, like, sweet treats and carbs, and it, they were addicted. They well, want more. Maybe the squirrels are sick of their place on the food chain and they're going after the people now. <laughs> <laughs> but they've been actually attacking people for weeks at this point. And this was actually in December this started. They've been rushing and pouncing outside several homes, but the neighborhood so far has been able to shoo most of them. There was one person that didn't survive the fight unscathed. Blood covers the snow in the front of her New York home. Her hands sustained many puncture wounds from the wow. little guy. She was quoted, we were wrestling in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> Just like picture her like rolling around with a right. little tiny squirrel. And like there's a... blood everywhere. And my fingers are getting chewed and it won't let go, she told the Associated Press. Eventually it just stopped 
and there I was a big bloody mess. The squirrels have also attacked her neighbors and anyone that was walking by the home and they jump on their backs and, and they assault them. <laughs> they have really sharp. I actually had a squirrel crawl on me. Yeah. It was actually at a, a petting zoo or a feeding zoo. You know, the yeah. Utica zoos like that. Okay. So they have at Utica zoo. They have a lot of animals you can feed like herds of deer that they have there. Mm-hmm. But there's some wild animals like squirrels that benefit from like, all the little cups of feed that you give, <laughs> you know, the stuff gets scattered and they like to gather that up. So they're a little bit friendly in, in the sense that they'll go right up to you. So I saw one go into this little tree and I stuck my foot at the base of the tree and he crawled up my leg real fast. And I had shorts on and they were the sharpest nails I've ever experienced. It was worse than a cat. Like, they scare me. Squirrels scare me. I used to throw peanuts and shit out the front <laughs> of the front porch before uh-huh. I go to school. Just to get by the squirrels because... Oh, you were scared of them. Because they would hunt me. Like, I've been through this. Except <laughs> they didn't fully jump on me and attack me. Mm-hmm. But it would prevent me from going to school. There would be one squirrel in particular that would bully me. And I would have to <laughs> I would have to go find peanut butter and fling it out on the spoon. Just like, whoosh, to run past him <laughs> to get to school. I had that same issue, but it was with a bird. I used to have to go to summer school and when I was like in the fourth grade and one of our neighbor's houses that was like halfway to the school had like a swallow's nest. Like Oh, they're mean little oh, bastards. And every day I go to school, he would swoop down and attack my head. Oh, yeah. And I'd run home crying, terrified, and I would make my sister come with me and I would walk all the way on the other side of the road and I'd start freaking out if I'd see the bird like, there he is, there he is. <laughs> I've seen that happen a lot, too, to people that go by the swallows' nests, Mm -hmm. even on bicycles or anything. They just... I had swallows attack me. I wouldn't say attack me. They were coming at my head. They dive bomb you. They dive bomb me when I was mowing the lawn. Mm -hmm. So it was like, stay away from our bushes. And I was like, (laughs) I really need to mow, so you need to chill. (laughs) But then after a while, I remember jumping off the mower and running. And then my cousin pulled into the driveway and was laughing hysterically (laughs) because... She saw them attacking me. <laughs> Apparently squirrels rarely get rabies and even less frequently they transmit it to people. So that's worth noting while you're deciding which wild animals to interact with. Feral cats are amongst the most significant sources of rabies transmission to people. Just just for an FYI. Why would they treat someone for rabies? Well, because they don't really know if the well, she got bit. It. Yeah. And mauled. Did they still do rabies? Like, what was the nightmarish treatment for rabies? Like, tons of needles in your stomach or something? I don't know. I think it was horrible. I think having rabies is horrible. It sounds horrible. It's terrible. I wouldn't want to go through that. Yeah, there was no resolve for the squirrel issue. (laughs) Sorry to leave our listeners hanging. Yeah, the squirrels will continue an attack. We'll get back to you (laughs) once we have new information. Next Friday at 11, we'll be reporting on the squirrels. Our next subject are the five places on Earth where gravity doesn't work. I don't know what that means, doesn't work. How does gravity not work? Where things should go down, like gravity pulls things down. Yeah. They do the opposite. So you float? I don't think that the person just starts floating. Because <laughs> I want to go there. That. I would love that. I would too. I really want to do the jetpack thing. That's or, how or I want to fly. What about that? 
thing that they have in some centers where you can skydive. But yeah, and that like tunnel fan yeah. blows you up. I would do that. Yeah, me too. It's better than jumping off of an uh, airplane and not <laughs> knowing if your parachute's going to open. <laughs> safer. Yeah, a little bit safer. So, okay, there's no gravity. How do they know this? They throw something in the air? Well, you can witness it. You can see it. Okay. So I'll, I'll just go through the five. That sure. Okay. So the first one is an inverted waterfall. So the water doesn't fall. It goes back up. That's insane. Located in the Republic of Chile, the waterfall flow appears to flow upward. But upon closer look, you'll realize that the phenomenon can be explained by the extremely strong gusts of wind blowing up from underneath. And why would they claim that? <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. So let's forget about that one. Okay. That, they've that took, one's garbage. They've, yeah, they've taken away the joy of mystery. <laughs> okay. Mount Aragats in western Armenia, sitting about 30 kilometers from the border of Turkey. This mountain also defies all known physics, with a river flowing uphill and even cars rolling uphill on their own. Wow. Now, I've heard of this. I've heard of cars rolling uphill in America, even. Certain areas. It's the vortexes. I mean, paranormal (laughs) investigators claim it's like little ghosts, children and stuff pushing them, but... That's... That's really scary. Well, there's (laughs) handprints apparently on some of the cars of little kids. But, I mean, this is a mountain with things flowing backwards. This is bigger. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So there's one in Canada Mm -hmm. called Magnetic Hill. This is in the Canadian province of New Brunswick. Cars are also known to roll uphill on their own. There is some place that's out. Is it in Oregon where there's a house or some place that they claim gravity doesn't work? But I think those are... More illusions. Oh, yeah. Did you know that the inventor of Pringles can is now buried in one? No. Uh, 1966, Frederick Bauer. His name isn't Pringles. (laughs) Frederick Pringles (laughs) developed the ingenious idea for Procter & Gamble to uniformly stack chips inside of a can instead of tossing them into a bag. He was so proud of his invention that he literally wanted to take it to the grave. That's pretty cool. The guy that made the Italian coffee machine that he invented, that everyone still uses today and he invented a long time ago, he he put his ashes in the coffee pot. What did he do with the coffee pot? They probably Did they brew it? it? <laughs> they brew it up and have a nice <laughs> cup of joe, and that's where we get cup of joe from? <laughs> Pretty nasty espresso shot. <laughs> How about children of identical twins are genetically siblings, not cousins? Wait. Children? Yeah. Children of identical twins. So if you had an identical twin and you both had kids, Mm -hmm. your kids are genetically siblings, not cousins. Really? Yeah. Huh. Cousins whose parents are identical twins share 25% of their DNA instead of the usual 12.5. While full siblings share 50% of their DNA, half siblings share 25%. Children of identical twins are legally cousins. They are genetically the equivalent of half-siblings. Wow. That's an oddity. Thought yeah. you might want to know. About. It's, it's very. <laughs> I never thought about that. That's very interesting. I don't know if anyone out there has heard of Coral Castle in Homestead, Florida. Yeah, love it. I know. I heard about this also probably in the, in the 80s. When I heard about it, I was just like, oh, this guy's the coolest. But he has a sad story. So I forget which country he's from. Isn't it like Hungary or something like that? Yeah, he's like Eastern Europe or 
Ed Leeds Scallion. It's very hard <laughs> to say his last name. <laughs> the guy that built Coral Castle's name's Ed. Ed, who made Coral Castle, made it because he, he had really a sad experience in his life. And he was about to get married. His bride-to-be left him at the altar. She changed her mind. And he was very devastated by this. Instead of trying to get her back, which he, maybe he did, but... He took all that energy into dedicating almost like a shrine to her. And so he was very kind of like to himself. And so no one knew what he was up to. But basically, I think at night or maybe or at least isolated times, he was finding like, is it limestone or whatever it is that's in Florida or it's made out of coral, but it's older. And he'd cut slabs and these slabs weighed tons. And this guy didn't use a truck. He didn't use a crane. He didn't use any machinery. He did everything by hand, and then he would drag it all back to this location, and he started building all these, like, I don't know, just, it doesn't look like a castle. It has gr- So it's you know, called Coral Castle, but it doesn't look like a castle. No, it's not like it's a house. He didn't live there? I don't know where he lived. Maybe he lived there. Unlucky in love, Ed Leedskillen went about his life quietly and sadly while building the most peculiar home on the edge of the Everglades. It was going to be a valentine to the woman who had jilted him. And who knows, maybe she would hear about his grand monument to her and come back to him. She would say, I am so sorry for hurting you. And they'd marry and have many children. So Florida's eccentric genius stood a few inches taller than five feet. Wow. So he's small and he's doing all this on his own. Little guy. He weighed about 100 pounds. (laughs) Starting in about 1920, he began cutting huge blocks of stone from Florida's hardest ground. The Olytic layer of limestone, fossil and coral just under the Everglades topsoil. From the massive rocks he sculpted furniture, a solar system, a telescope, and even table shaped like a heart. Then he moved them into place. A few sculptured weighed 20 tons or more by himself. Hmm. He moved 20 tons. Now, I drive <laughs> school bus. They weigh 14.5 tons. A school bus? Yeah. Okay. Like 30,000 pounds or something. Mm -hmm. So this is a lot more than that, and that's a pretty heavy thing. You have to wonder how he did this. Secretive, he did his heaviest lifting after dark when witnesses were unlikely to be present. It was after dark. Okay. His powerless tools included levers, block and tackle, winches, rock saws, sledgehammers, and homemade cranes he built out of pine trees and chains. Yeah, that's what I figured was winches. Yeah, you can move a lot. Is it winches or winches? <laughs> Winch. So Winch. he didn't have a whole... He didn't have a... A posse of wenches helping no. him? <laughs> to those who thought moving stones single-handedly, even with tools, was impossible, he could quote Archimedes, give me a fulcrum and a lever and I can move the earth. If those words failed to impress, Ed explained that he had also discovered the secrets of the pyramids. Oh, I believe that. Too bad Ed isn't around nowadays. No, he died, and then he died um, without anyone going to his funeral. It's like he really... Sad. Yeah, he lived a lonely life, but but what he did was incredible. And uh, no one really... I don't know if anyone's tried to do what he did. I know there was a guy I had seen on YouTube who was like a stonemason, and he showed how you could move heavy things. And it was interesting because he had... Basically a lever, which was a big plank, like a two by four almost looking thing. Like if he was trying to lift something big, he would use something like a small stone to be the pivot point. He could maneuver that thing anywhere. Yeah, it was huge. yeah. there's that. But the, I also heard a theory 
from an interview on somebody that studied this guy and studied Coral Castle. And he believed that where he built this castle was on ley lines. Hmm. So he was working with energies. That could be. I don't, could I don't be. know. I've never worked with energies. <laughs> level. I work with energies all the time. <laughs> I built this house in a day. <laughs> I just need a sledgehammer. And aliens. An army of wenches. <laughs> Did you know that the majority of people in Iceland believe in elves? Yes, I heard about that. In 2007, University of Iceland survey found that 62% of Icelanders believe in real-life elves. In fact, in 2014, protesters claimed a proposed highway would destroy an elf church, which to many was just a gigantic rock. (laughs) Eventually, the church was moved to a safe place so that it would not be harmed, and the construction continued. Now, though the rock weighed 70 tons and required a crane or an army of wenches Mm -hmm. to move it, the preservation of places important to elves is significant to Icelanders. So to Icelanders, these elves are not tiny figures who built toys for Santa. They actually look very much like humans and can range in size. Many believe that grave misfortune will befall those who dare to build an elf territory, even though it cannot be seen, hence the church preservation. Steph, now I'm kind of wondering, those little people that you saw at the end of your bed... Icelandic elves? Yes. But they were wearing... <laughs> but they were wearing... 1950s sock hop clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if no one knows what we're talking about, but you'd have to go to the... Rachel Sweeting's episode. Yeah. So that happened with Rachel Sweeting. Yeah, I saw the elves. I don't know. Maybe they were American elves. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Maybe that... They exist everywhere, but they ad- they adapt to the times. Maybe they're a little behind. Have you heard about Zin Zui? No. Oh. <laughs> She's also known as Lady Day and was the Marquis of Day. What's a Marquis? You're asking me questions that I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but she was from the Western Han Dynasty in ancient China, and her tomb was found 2,000 years after her death inside of a hill in China with hundreds of valuable artifacts and documents alongside her body. What surprised everyone, however, was how incredibly well-preserved her body was thousands of years after her death. Wow. Lady Day was found with all of her organs and blood vessels intact. What? (laughs) Yes, there was also a small amount of type A blood found in her veins. And she still had hair and eyelashes. Wow. Scientists found seeds of melon in her stomach, which led them to believe she died during the melon season in summer. And this also meant she died within a couple of hours of eating a melon. What surprised everyone the most was the mysterious liquid that her body was soaked in. It was mildly acidic and had some magnesium in it and was probably what helped to preserve her body. To this day, scientists still don't know what kind of liquid it was. Hmm. That's really weird. And it's amazing that it so old. Did you also know that scientists recently, as of 2020, found that there has been a universal drop in human body temperature? No, I didn't know that. That's weird. Well, you know, I'm going to say something very weird that I run or ran, I'm talking like my whole life, Mm -hmm. at 99.1 or 99.9 my temperature always. Hmm. They would always say, oh, it's like you have a a low-grade fever. 
when I'd go in and get checked my whole life. Then my doctor said, you know, some people just run differently temperature wise and that's your base. But since this pandemic started and since I've been getting temperature checked. Yeah. And I'm not just talking like the little laser that hits your head. I'm talking under the tongue. I've dropped to 97 point something. What's your baseline temp? It's usually lower than 98.6. Yeah. But not much lower. It's usually like 98.2. Sometimes it's been 97. So have you noticed a drop in your temperature? No, I used to be normal for the most part. I didn't have a high reading. But there's times where I've had uh, like a 99 point something. Didn't feel sick at all. I was like, wow, why why am I so hot? You know? Yeah. Well, according to the recent study by the University in California, the average human body temperature is falling globally. In the UK, for example, the normal body temperature is now 97.9. In a study in Palo Alto, California, they found that American bodies run at around 97.5. Maybe we're balancing out the global warming. (laughs) I'm wondering. We have to to lower our temperature so that we don't overheat the earth, especially those women going through menopause. They're saying this isn't just a first world problem. So it's not just Western countries that are experiencing this. This is actually happening all over the world. Scientists just don't know, but there's an educated guess that there's something that changed in the human physiology. And one theory, we're experiencing fewer infections these days. We all undoubtedly, an infection will raise the body's temperature, resulting in a fever. That doesn't make sense. How are we experiencing fewer infections? I know we're in a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I feel like we have so many more weird problems like with autoimmune diseases and stuff that has been increasing over the years they really don't know and it's not cold air either they don't know why this is happening but they're saying don't worry there's no need for alarm even though your body temperature is dropping rapidly i wonder if animal body temperature is dropping is theirs is different than ours they don't have the same reading as we do but that is a good question have you ever heard of eternal flame waterfall that sounds familiar i think it's in buffalo New York, which I'd never heard of this until we were looking up oddities. Yeah. But basically, it's a beautiful waterfall. It's more of like, it's odd in a way because there's a flame that exists in the waterfall. Okay. And it's because there is natural gas that's coming out of there. And they said that even though it's there's water there, it doesn't put it out. Let me see if I can show you a picture so you can see what it looks like. So the flame doesn't go out. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. It's, it's like a little grotto. It does look like a little grotto with a little and campfire a, inside. Yeah, it's like a campfire and there's water cascading over it. And they said the flame will actually go out, but then immediately light back up on its own. Wow. So the fire must be deeper. Within the earth, maybe there's some sort of natural gas or oil that it's running on. Yeah. And uh, it's why? almost like that it, town in Pennsylvania that's on fire. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. I don't know why anyone would want to be near that place, but... <laughs> Uh, but I think it's really cool. I'm like, wow, it seems like a very beautiful, mystical place, just naturally. Have you heard of spook lights? No. This may be a phenomenon related to ball lightning. Have you heard of ball lightning? Yes, I've seen that, actually. But nobody really knows, actually, if it's related or not. But spook lights are reported around the world. The most famous, perhaps, are the Marfa lights, and that's seen near Marfa in western Texas. The lights appear almost nightly and can be seen at a distance from the Highway 90. Yet, when investigators try to approach the lights, nothing's there. The other spook lights include the Tri-State Spook Light near the borders of Oklahoma, Kansas and Missouri, the Brown Mountain Lights near 
North Carolina, the Gurdon Light near Gurdon, Arkansas, the Cemetery Lights off Silver Cliff, Colorado, the Hebron Light in Maryland, the Hornet Spook Light in Southwest Missouri, and the Peakland Spook Lights in Britain. There are many unproven theories, of course, including alien activity, mirages, ghosts, usually headless railroad workers, and ball lightning induced by tectonic stresses and rocks. Hmm. Never heard of the spook lights. I don't know. Do you have to see them during the day or or do you only see them at nighttime? I would think you would only see them at night. Have you ever heard the mystery of Death Valley's moving stones? No. So out in Death Valley, you know, the temperatures can reach like 120 degrees. Yep. So people were noticing that they would see these stones that were just out in the desert naturally. And it's very sandy there. There's nothing that grows there, really. There'd be a trail behind the stone. Okay. You can kind of see it. This is a video still, but like... Okay. And they were trying to figure out how these stones are moving. No one's out there, you know. And it's it's, flat. It's not like it's a hill, right? Yeah, it's flat. And there's a, a lot of them. And they just seem to move. And they thought, is it high winds blowing? How can blowing? You, yeah. I know. It's, I, mean, I don't seriously? think so. Okay. It gets really cold out there at night. Right. So that it's the expansion stones, and it, contraction yes, that's ex- causing. And slowly they're kind of inching their way across, but they can't really prove it, you know? Right. It's just very strange. I don't know. Wouldn't that be the case with every rock and pebble? I think so, you know, but they do experience extreme heat and then extreme cold, but. I mean, I know wood does that. When you put in a wood flooring, you yeah. have to leave a little gap so that in the summer it expands and in the winter when it contracts. I don't know about a stone doing that. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know. I don't know how much a stone can expand and contract. No. I know when they make tiles, they have to have the gaps in the tiles. How about weird clouds? Clouds are fluffy, benign masses of vapor. Mm-hmm. Well, on a clear September sky... In France in 1814, a small white spherical cloud appeared. It floated motionless for a while before beginning to spin and head quickly southward. Witnesses reported the deafening rumble noises that thundered from the cloud, and then it suddenly exploded in a shower of rocks and stones. What the heck? Then the cloud just slowly faded away. And that's just one case of the extremely rare and highly unusual behavior from clouds. The other documented reports told of clouds that move against the wind, against the wind. (laughs) Clouds that rain insects or carry peculiar shadows. And there's even story of a man from Oyster Bay, Long Island, who was attacked by a spitting cloud. It's difficult to come up with any kind of (laughs) rational explanations for these tales. I that's weird. Well, that's like the people saw the city in the clouds over China. Yeah. Did you, that's what, that seems to me more like laser projection type stuff. You think or, so? Yeah, probably. Like one of those experiments that they did, probably. I think so. I would agree with that. Yeah. That seems more logical. I could see China doing that. There's fish that's fallen from the sky. We've heard that probably. Yeah. I had that happen on my lawn. <laughs> I was mowing the lawn and a fish just dropped out of nowhere. Do you think it was a like a... It was a seagull, seagull, and it had a fish, and it was flying over, and it dropped it. I bet you he was disappointed. I bet you he was. He grabbed it right from the river. So what do you think of all these oddities? I love it. Do you know what my favorite oddity was? What? The homeless man that wanted to throw cush <laughs> <laughs> balls at you and eat a pizza. Yeah, and I, I left out that he wanted us to oil ourselves up, too. Oh, that's so hot. <laughs> 
the sky was so out there. I wonder what kind of pizza it was. I bet you it was Little Caesars. <laughs> Five dollar pizza pizza. <laughs> hot and fresh. It was hot. Yeah, and it left in the cemetery mausoleum for, <laughs> so I could eat it later. Oh, my Lord. Oh. That's my favorite one, Steph, of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, there you have it. If you ever get invited to a mausoleum by a homeless man who wants to oil you up and throw cush balls at you. (laughs) Maybe it's something you should do and document as it is an oddity. So I want to thank you, my dear listeners. Remember, you can get a hold of us at tothespiritpod at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, share, tell your friends about our podcast, rate us and review us. And until next time. To the spirit podcast. Supernatural society. I'm ghost. I'm ghost. I'm ghost. Psychic. Mystic. Spirit. Divine source. Heaven. The dead. It's magic. <laughs>